Hi everyone, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the following podcast belong solely to the host and its contributors. They are not necessarily the views of our employers, organizations, committees, or other group or individual. I'm David Campbell. And I'm Joseph Whitney. This is Brewing with BIM. Where we talk about construction processes, technology, BIM, and beer. everybody welcome back to another episode of brewing with bim i'm joe whitney and as always with me is dave campbell what's going on dave hey not much joe excited for today's episode i know it's been a little while since we put something out so um should be nice to have another conversation yeah i'm actually gonna flood it and throw a few episodes that we've already recorded out all at the same time just because it's been a while there's been a lot going on uh before we dive into all that nitty-gritty though man i gotta ask you what are you drinking my friend so for today's drink, um, I've been in a scotch mood recently for some reason. So uh, I, I saw that Chivas Regal 12 on my shelf, and I was like, you know what? That sounds pretty good. So I'm drinking some of that on ice. How about you? What do you got over there? Oh, man, I'm uh, uh, classing it up a little bit. I just got a bottle of uh, some wine and uh, figure I'd drink that, keep it nice and light. You know, we're, uh, uh, for those of you that don't know, today's Halloween. Um, so by the time this episode goes out, it'll be, you know, next week already, but, uh, you know, I didn't want to go too heavy, uh, uh, with the kids yeah. all fun stuff, walking around the neighborhood, but, uh, yeah, I figure, uh, you know, a glass of white wine won't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, I, I kind of like to, uh, also maybe fill up a to-go cup or something while I'm out there. You know, I feel like yes. if they made, if they made trick-or-treating for adults too, it would just be so much, uh. It'd be a lot interesting, right? I mean, it'd be pretty awesome if they handed out candy and like a margarita or a shot or you know, oh. something like that. So <laughs> you're just going, you you're just going trick or treating in the wrong neighborhoods, man. So my neighborhood, uh, there's a few houses that'll do with the adult beverages, um, hot toddies or whatever, you know, rock awesome. cider or something. Yeah, uh, just just uh, you know, give give the parents a little bit of something and honestly their houses are obviously the hardest hit everybody goes over there and hangs out and just you know just <laughs> spends a little, a little extra time there but uh it's oh, totally yeah. yeah yeah that's completely understandable and I, I i hope i can find a house like that someday that's that's pretty awesome well hey man you're, you're in a new area i don't know if you're uh, trick-or-treating at your your in-laws or your your parents house or whatever or in your own neighborhood but you're in a new area man you know who knows yeah, yeah, we have uh, new things to discover, and we're we're out here in Shelbyville, so we're at home, and oh. we're gonna meet up with one of Ivory's friends' parents, and and go ahead and and trick or treat with them in their neighborhood, because we don't we're kind of out in the country, we're pretty rural out here, so they'd be walking at least like a quarter mile, half a mile to the next house. I mean, <laughs> good exercise. Make you know? earn that candy. <laughs> <laughs> you want a Reese's? You got to walk for yeah, it. Right. I heard they have king size that uh, house down there. It's about two miles. <laughs> My kids would run. They'd be yeah, like, yeah. Right. The whole Just way. Like, yeah. They'd want to, they'd want a piggyback ride back. They, they'd run oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hey man, yeah. uh, you know, for, for our fans uh, out there, those that listen regularly, you, you know, this, this has been a long time coming. We, we recorded some, just haven't put anything out in a while and you know just 
not to make excuses. The explanation really is just pretty simple. We just got so busy uh, doing uh, our cross country tap tour stuff. Uh, Dave was actually out. Yeah, all that fun stuff, man. And you were out, and uh, you know, there's just a lot going on. Um, and then you know, tack on that, you know, family trips and all that stuff happens. I believe you went to Florida. We did a little uh, staycation here and went to uh, Hershey Park and. Um, yeah, man. But now, now we're back at it and hopefully we can get some consistency here. Um, we found the last piece to our puzzle to do the, our series that we wanted to do. So at the first of the year, we're going to launch our, uh, uh, mapping construction, um, series and that should be a good one. But for today, I figured we'd talk about data and construction. Yeah, that's a very, very good topic, Joe. Cause I mean, we've, We've talked about this a few different times, you know, when we, we talk to Johan and, and you think back to BIM, BIM is more than models, right? And it's really about the, the quality and the amount of data. You know, there's got to be a big kind of mark next to quality because it has to be good quality data. And you want as much data, well, I guess in, in some ways you want to filter that data because obviously in a BIM model, there can be a lot of data in there. And you want to give the users, whoever's trying to pull this, this information out, you want to be able to give them like filters essentially to pull that specific data. Because if you just unleash them into a sea of data, you know, it, it's, it's pretty nuts, tr- pretty right. hard to organize, you know, kind of interpret. It's just, yeah, it's, it's off-putting, I feel like, a lot of times. Oh, yeah. I and mean, there's nothing uh, more overwhelming than a database that uh, is too hard to navigate. You, you know, tell you what, you know, you got a big Excel file, you throw some, you know, something simple like a pivot table in there and, you know, customize some slicers or whatever and bing, bang, boom, then people want to use it and it makes more sense. It's just the same thing. But I want to talk about data in a few different ways, man. The first off is, is BIM data, you know, first and foremost. This is something that's kind of near and dear to our heart. But the other part of it is, um, you know, project data and what you yeah. do with that project data over time. So not just the the data that's in the models, but actually your construction data, right? So we're all moving towards these, you know, cloud-based construction environments and, you know, hey, pushing and pulling data, having backup data for, um, C, you know, a little bit of CYA for, you know, risk management, that sort of stuff. Um, and also, you know, do some smart stuff with it, uh, um, you know, analyze existing data to figure out. Scheduling, asset yeah, yeah. management. Yeah, all that stuff on a project basis, but also in the future. So analyze cross projects. So let's look at, you know, the last 10 projects and get our good, better, you know, good, better, best from it and apply that stuff to the next projects. Um, So that way we're always improving. Um, You need data to figure out where you're at. And I know we've talked about this, you know, time and time again, but uh, I feel like where we're at and where we're going, uh, there really needs to be some ownership in data, uh, whether that's the family content in your models, uh, which is something that we've talked about recently, whether it's the, um, the, you know, the LOD that you put in, whether it's, you know, fake geometry or just mm-hmm. a bunch of information and parameters. Uh, are you leveraging scan data? Oh, cool. Uh, how are you le- leveraging scan data? Oh, you just have masses in there. And then you've got a, you know, you've randomly tagged stuff, but you know, is, is there real data there? Like, what level of data are you putting in and how structured and organized is it for somebody else to, to go through and look at it and one for you to go back and look at in an intuitive manner. So all of this plays. Yeah. I mean, it all plays a huge part in it, right? I mean, if you think about it, 
BIM and, and construction are, are, they're so well tied together is what I want to say in, in, in terms of, I mean, you're completely right there. If you can have good parametric data in your model, have all your schedules kind of built out, have a lot of those families that are good with their clearance areas or their kind of needs in that sense. Um, but it, it goes a level deeper as well, right? I mean, when you really start thinking about insight and kind of analysis within Revit it's itself, let's just, I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, Revit expert here, so I'm going to go into just Revit. I don't know a lot of those other different programs, so I can't speak to this degree in it, but with no, Revit, just Revit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, but like in Revit, right, we're looking at whether you're designing a piping system, an HVAC ducting system, an electrical circuit, like a panel and going out to all the switches and everything like that. Um, or you're looking at a structural kind of, let's say, analysis of this building. And when we get into having those families that have that are capable of holding that information, but also in this sense capable of putting loads on those you know putting actual flows through your piping system and being able to analyze where your defects may be and you know same with ducting and structural being able to actually put forces on you know your structural slab or walls whether they're you know retaining walls whatever um, you're able to see what this could potentially do to your building now, this is usable in more ways than one, right? We think generally we start to think on the design portion of it. But if you think about it when, I mean, obviously it's it's also a big part of design, but you think about when an owner currently owns like an as-built building, right? I mean, just an existing building. And they want to know what they can do to expand off of their current systems, right? A lot of times they don't want to completely replace everything. That's a lot of money. We want to see what we have and how we can expand it and will our current, you know, pieces essentially keep up with the new load? Will we have many failures? What could happen? I mean, that's a big, that's a big, I guess, step and helping to make that decision on, you know, moving forward with construction or not moving forward with changing and seeing what you got to do, like adapting phases, maybe something like that, where we can kind of spread it out. But that knowledge that data is is huge and then as it moves again in, into construction you know I, I mean there's just so many different applications and ways that we can use that data but yeah dude i mean let it, when talking about data in general i mean we can we can expand out into how many different ways so many different stakeholders in not only the design but also the construction project can utilize it whether it's you know, let's say an RFI or submittal, it's it's being able to share that information across, tag that responsibility, but also, you know, in this case, we get into like assigning, um, I guess, overwatch of that data too, right? Because I mean, that's one of the, the I, I would say kind of one of the things you want to look at as well is this data as it moves back and forth, if it's going to a contractor, a subcontractor, you know, field foreman, whatever it's going to be. Um, it's nice, like we have CCs and emails. It's nice to be able to let others know what's going on, keeping an eye on that. And in this case, you know, being able to utilize that in, in your construction workflows with that data. I mean, that's, you know, you were talking about CYA earlier. That's, that's a lot of CYA right there, right? But I mean, it, there's so many different ways, I guess, that we could dive into this conversation, man. Um, construction data, BIM data, it, it's it's a great topic for sure. And yeah, I mean, I look forward to diving into it more.
Yeah, no, no problem, man. I, I chose this because, uh, you know, I'm a GIS geek from way back. And, you know, I love, to me, Revit, you know, playing in BIM and all that sort of stuff. It's GIS, um, you know, with for a building, essentially. And mm-hmm. we're getting we're getting to a point where there actually is so much overlap between the two where we're just tying the two together, you know, across large geographies and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, I, I think I've used this story before. I've, I've told this, but, you know, being in the GIS world, people don't realize that everything is data. The way people move is data. You know, your shopping patterns are data. Um, your political choices are data. You know, how many people in your neighborhood have a boat? That's data. And somebody is is aggregating it and looking at it. Um, you know, all the large companies are out there. There's, uh, uh, I think it's Mosaic Software by Expedient or Experian, one of the e-companies that does your your credit, you know, stuff. Um, you know, oh, they, yeah, that's they have, yep. yeah, yeah, they have a software that goes through and looks at psychographics. It looks at your buying patterns. It looks at, you know, all these different factors about your life, your lifestyle choices and stuff. So they can sell that to a real estate company, a developer, whoever who's working with, you know, the the next big box store or whoever else that wants to go somewhere and say, all right, if I go here, how many potential target customers, you know, that fit my brand are there in a 50 mile radius or whatever the 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 the, the radius is, the buffer is for, for your um, specific brand. You know, maybe it's only five miles or whatever. Um People would travel travel certain distance based on the what they need. So you know that all fits into it. You know, Target. There was that story. You know, years ago, we used this in our, when we were studying GIS. Was that uh, Target knew more about uh, a, a teen's pregnancy than the parents? Um, the teen, you know, it analyzed shopping patterns and all that sort of stuff. And Target was sending targeted advertisements to the the parents. The dad comes in livid, saying, "Hey, look." You know, why are you sending advertisements for baby food and everything to my teen? She's a teen. She doesn't need this stuff. And it turns out she was pregnant. Like just crazy stuff. The data that we're aggregating outside of construction and construction's kind of been a laggard in technology adoption. But we've gotten to a point now where everybody's flooding the market with with, uh, you know, latest apps and whatever. And they are they're all capturing data. You know, you use Facebook, Twitter, whatever. They're all capturing your data and selling it somewhere. Um, you know, I can't say that the construction apps are selling it, but at the same time, they're capturing your data. At least, you know, let's let's think strategically about how we can leverage the data they're cap- capturing and figure out how it's going to make us better. So, like, I feel like when we talk about implementations of technology to people, this should be something they're cognizant of. One, how is your data talking with your with your other applications? Because Dave, BIM don't live in silos, man. We know that. Uh, and then the other piece is no. So go ahead, man. Uh, no, I was just going to say you're completely right. Like we have to have that interconnected data flow in order to really benefit from it. Because if you're keeping it siloed, one team may see it, but another team who really needs to see it isn't. You know, and there's there's so many different ways, like that we can talk about this. You know, in terms of the apps that are out there, whether they're catching they're catching safety, they're catching needing minutes, or they're catching RFIs, submittals, change orders, what have you. There's so many different ways to utilize this data. But again, you're, you're kind of right on there. It's, it's like, who needs, to, who needs to have access to this data, make sure that they're tracking the data, they know how to interpret and how to manage the data. Because again, getting back to, you could get lost in a whole sea of it, right? If you're just getting a bunch of stuff, 
you don't really know what to do with it. You don't know how this quantifies. But we start to put it into perspective, whether again, it's, you know, how many injuries are there on the site? How, what are, what are, you know, hourly, like, what are the timesheets looking like? How many people are, are averaging, you know, time on this site? Look at a certain amount of time. How many are going over time? Like what's happening on this, this construction project? We can really start to analyze and, and dig down to figure out, hey, this may be a problem here. Maybe we need to actually change how we're doing things. And you might see an improvement. You know, it's a trial and error. But I mean, there's so many different ways that we can use it. You're completely right. But it has to be connected. It has to talk. If they don't have a way to digest it or interpret that data, then it's it's useless. I think that's where we're at in today's world, though, is that, you know, everybody's, you know, partnering up and building plugins and integrations with them. But at the end of the day, there's, you know, different pieces of the puzzle that dictate the the various softwares people use. So if you're using, you know, an ER an ERP platform that's dictated by your finance team, you know, uh, viewpoint, whatever it is, right? Um, you know, Sage, I, I don't know. There's a whole bunch of them out there. If you're using something that's going to dictate your workflows and then, you know, you've got a construction team that, that wants to, you know, utilize something, um, they typically don't talk. And, you know, a lot of times that we've seen, it's just a, you know, a dump, a data dump that gets neglected. Like they're, you know, that's a, uh, hey, we'll do an export, then an import, export, then an import, export, import. And eventually what happens is there's a duplication of data. It overwrites the data um, with, you know, incorrect data or people just, um, you know, drop off and, and stop doing the, the data dump and the, the, re, uh, the re-upload into the other platform. So I think like for me, like coming to a standpoint of this, it's like, you know, I, I love the construction technology apps. I love what they're doing for the industry and they're making us more productive and and uh, catching, you know, uh, errors and, and, you know, reducing risk, mitigating risk, all that sort of stuff. But I think, you know, all these large firms and all, pretty much all firms in general need to start jumping into Power BI if they really want to own their data. And and I guess I should explain that. The reason why I think Power BI is because everybody pays for Microsoft Suite, you know, these days. It's free with well, your, you know, whatever tier you're in. And it allows you to aggregate data from all different data sources. It is agnostic. So if you switch to a new platform three years from now, your Power BI is still going to be your Power BI. You just simply, you know, change the way your, your data is connected. And that way you will always own your Power BI. Because I'll tell you what, man, you know, Microsoft isn't going anywhere. Um but no, you know, I years think from now, so, you might dump another teams or whatever. You know, sorry. No, no, go ahead, man. Yep. I was just going to say, there's another point there that you know Power BI really does help with, and that's visualization of the data, right? A lot of times we, you know, I talked about filtering kind of at the beginning of this episode, and that's something that you can really utilize as a tool with Power BI in terms of like creating visual graphics dashboards, essentially, on oh, what's not, going on, like in your project even, to be able to see it. Not even dashboards, like there is an export, uh, I don't know if you've seen this in our briefcase tools, but there's an export inside of Revit to kick it out to Power BI, um, mm-hmm. and it'll keep the geometry with it, so you'll have the geometry and all the property information from Revit. So a non-Revit user can look at the Power BI uh, dashboard and data that you're sharing with them and actually view geometry without Revit and all the data behind it 
and, you know, uh, cut it and slice it, analyze it, you know, figure out how much, you know, uh, rebar it's going to take, how much, you know, square yep. feet of concrete or, you know, cubic feet of concrete rather, um, how, you know, how, how many anchor bolts it's, it's going to give you all that, that data it's there. You're going to be able to slice it and dice it without actually, um, you know, needing to be a revenue. This huge model. Yeah. And, and being exactly. in this huge model, dude, I mean, honestly, we can filter those down so well to a degree where it's beneficial for that person who's going to be looking at it. If you have a different team, obviously you can break it up in as many ways as you need to, but it really helps you to visualize what's going on with that data in a way that everyone can understand or interpret. Yeah. And it's cloud-based. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's got a lot of power, I think that crosses all boundaries here and it allows us to, uh, aggregate data from all different sources and not just, um, you know, at the project level where we're talking about where I can push data from Revit or, or CAD or what have you directly in there, but I can also push across multiple projects and get that analysis off multiple projects. What are my trends and how much money have I lost to, um, you know, rework and, and, you know, where, where was that specific, uh, you know, you can slice it even further and figure out where that specific, uh, rework cost is. Is it, you know, tied to one person, one subcontractor, a specific phase in the construction, a specific project type, you get to do all the analysis yourself um, and not, you know, not really having to rely so much on on uh, the construction. I'm not saying don't rely on construction apps because we use them every day. It's so much more efficient. But I'm just saying, like, I want to aggregate that data in Power BI and own that connector across all pieces versus um and versus you know the tool that my superintendent's going to use just to get his job done that one time i want the, the the executives to be the guys that are in there just you know getting all the analysis and looking at the dashboards across all projects nah dude i i completely agree because a lot of times they i mean they look at hard numbers right and or you know visual kind of um, pie graphs, charts, or they're looking at the visual kind of models, but they don't, they don't really know what's all going in there. And if you give them the capability to break that down and see exactly what's going on to be able to analyze and see how this is, you know, it saved us money here. It saved us time here. We can really, when, when you get that, I guess that, uh, I don't even know the word I'm looking for here, but essentially when you get that trend, right, you can understand that trend and understand like, Hey, this is working for us. Yeah. This isn't working for us. How can we, how can we get around this? Is it retraining in certain areas? Is it, you know, different software, different hardware? What can we do to get around, you know, this, uh, let's say obstacle that we have right now? Yeah. Yeah. And like, so there's different methods for calculating statistics um, to, to analyze trends and all that sort of stuff. And you gotta, you gotta be able to recognize when to use each one. And there's a little bit of, um, you know, research in that stuff. Are you going to use, uh, you know, uh, regression or you gonna use chi square test of contingency? Like, what are you using to figure out the correlation between these two objects, uh, or these different objects? And, and really, um, you know, that, power that that analysis power it, it's not really baked into the software like they're getting smarter in, in the, the various applications but you're just getting it over your subsect of the data that you put in this one platform as opposed to all the different platforms because what i'm finding out is a lot of people have a tool for rfis and submittals or they have if you know maybe they have a tool for ca work or maybe they have a tool for 
um, uh, you know, safety or maybe risk management and something else. Um, and then a lot of times they're pushing stuff through, you know, the PDFs or whatever, just through Bluebeam. And it's just, it's so crazy that we have data in so many sources. Um, and it's all because like each tool is, it really excels at what it does. Like there's broad sweeping tools that are great. Like I'm a big fan of build and the whole ACC platform. Um, but that said, you know, I'm still finding out that people on a, on an ACC project will still push, you know, um, BIM three or uh, Bluebeam to the field and let them view PDFs on a on a tablet, as opposed to getting them a seat of build and giving them more access or whatever. And really, it boils down to I think for them, uh, controlling the data and uh, um, wanting some you know heavier heavier duty markups or, or whatever have you. I don't know their reasoning completely. I just just what I've heard, but. Um, you've got all this data in different places. Again, we're getting back to, we, we've, we've helped, we've all bought off on the mantra of, Hey, let's break down silos. You know, let's, let's get our data in one place. Single source of truth, David, take, take a chug. Um, got it. So we buy this technology, but at the end of the day, you know, we've got shadow IT running where everybody's, you know, just putting whatever technology they want for their project on a credit card and calling it good. And or maybe one project calls for something else and and maybe one PM wants to use this. And at the end of the day, we just got to have a way to tie it all together. Um, and I think until we get to a point of mass standardization and adoption of uh, the ACC platform, in my mind, it's got to be ACC. I love I'm coming from the design side. You know, we need to have um, uh, insight into that data and all the all the data behind the, ge the geometry and the models and not in some static PDFs. And I think ACC is the only way that really delivers that for us um, in a meaningful way today. Yeah. Right. But, but that's, yeah. That, oh, yeah. Yeah. Until that, until we get mass adoption across all this stuff, like, you know, Hey, look, we're still going to be running safety in this app, or we're still going to be running risk in this app or, you know, ROIs and submittals always go through, yeah, you know, our, our ERP system or, you know, what have you. Um, where they're managing change orders and, and whatnot. Um, we still want the insight into that data and to analyze across all data. So I'm, I'm thinking of it like a uh, data analytics agnostic standpoint. I want to give people a, a powerful tool to look at data in a way that means something to them, but also isn't going to change for them. And for, to me, I think Power BI is just they're, they haven't changed. It's, yeah. you know, Microsoft's platform, it hasn't, it, you know, it's gotten more powerful, but the way it connects with data and interacts with data, it hasn't changed uh, other than, you know, yeah. allowing us to tie into more, more programs. Yeah, I agree. They're, they're definitely increasing their interconnectivity, but I think honestly, as soon as you were talking about that power BI popped up in my head as well, because in, in the way of being able to really visualize that data to create those dashboards, it is a very, very powerful tool. And I mean, it's a skill set though, too, man. So I met is. with I met with a GC recently, um, and you know that I've got a friendly relationships with, and we were talking about how they're doing data and all that stuff. And they're like, "Well, we're mandating this across the teams, you know, but we have joint ventures where you know we've got to use this, this, and this, and you know all that stuff." At the end of the day, it all's got to feed back into our ERP system, which is this, and there's no real you know data integrations for anything. It's like, well, all right, so no matter what, you're always going to have a duplication of data. You're not able to track the data in any meaningful way because, you know, segmented in, in multiple systems. I said, 
you know, what are you guys using to aggregate the data? He's, you know, looked at me dead in the face. He's like, if you can find somebody that knows Power BI, I would hire them on the spot. Like without me talking about Power BI or anything like that. <laughs> that's where we're at today is if you really want to own your data, you need, maybe it's not Power BI, maybe it's Tableau. I don't know what, what, it, what it is for your company. I just say Power BI because everybody has access to Microsoft these days. Uh, with our, you know, Outlooks and all that sort of stuff. If you're on that, you know, 365 subscription, one of them, maybe all of them include Power BI at some level. I'm not sure. I'm not an IT, you know. Uh, that said, like, if if you want to own your data, I feel like you're going to need to, at, at least in the interim, until you, you know, are in this wholly baked solution uh, where everything that, you know, where there's a piece of software that does everything you want and all your data is in one place, if you really want to analyze it, still think Power BI is the way to go. That said, you and I did some cool stuff with ACC back in the day, or I guess it was BIM 360 at the time, where we were pushing and pulling Revit models with BIM th- with Power mm-hmm. BI, and we were like, you know, sending, uh, you know, uh, cubic feet of concrete and all that sort of stuff, just various datas on, on a dashboard that we had set up in BIM 360 for people. And, and that's very powerful as well. But I just... I just want to be able to analyze the data across all platforms. So it's one thing to aggregate the data, but I also want to analyze it. And I think Power BI, getting to Power BI and connecting everything to Power BI might be a, a route that people should explore. This this yeah, episode's in no yeah. way sponsored by Microsoft, by the way, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just thinking about a, a nice, a, a good tool that can be used by a lot of different people, right? We, we exactly. try to think about like what the standards are. I mean, because we've always got the differing software one can do something better than, you know, maybe the other software and it's one thing, but in everything else, you know, it does about the same. And actually that other software costs quite a bit more or, yeah, you know, exactly. the other software does something else really well. It's yeah. all about, oh, good. I was going to say, we're all about lowest cost of adoption. We, we don't want to throw up roadblocks to people to adopt uh, BIM processes and connected construction and, and workflows and, and all that stuff. And I know technology costs money and, and there's a proving ground um, that each company that's selling technology or is a vendor of that technology must do for you. But I think as a, as maybe an owner of a company might be listening or somebody that's in a role, like how can I get to this point today? It's like, well, there are tools that, that are at low cost that are at least, you know, entry level for you at best that, you know, get your foot in there. And then maybe you look at Tableau and go the more expensive route and all that sort of stuff. But uh you know, if if you were talking about you want to do BIM and um, you've been saying it for a while, you're waiting for the right project, you want to connect your your processes and analyze data and all that sort of stuff. The simplest ways to get there are, you know, uh, Bluebeam, you know, maybe some 3D AutoCAD, Revit, whatever, whatever software you, you choose to use, uh, figuring out what data you need down downfield um, that you want to share in a meaningful way is always, you know, the the uh, differentiator there, but also analyzing it, you know, looking at what tools are already in your wheelhouse. Everybody uses Excel. I'll tell you that I can do some crazy stuff with Excel. You know, I've know some estimators that they built some robust freaking Excel spreadsheet and they can calculate down to the, the minute for labor. It's just, it blows my mind. Uh, the, the level of detail people put in these Excel spreadsheets. Well, I mean, that's all power BI really is. It's Excel on, on steroids essentially. And in the cloud, um, with, you know, a really clean UI to go along with it. Um, you know, use what's at your disposal. If you've got a great, you know, uh, uh, estimator or somebody that knows Excel really well, hey, let's use Excel. It doesn't matter. 
I just want to want people to start looking at the data in a more meaningful way. So we've been all over the place in this episode, man. I've talked about like, you know, the construction aspect and owning your data and talking about Power BI. But really, I think what I wanted to get at is I want to ask you a few questions. So you are, you know, you come from industry, um, uh, different side of the industry than I do. You mm-hmm. spent a lot of time in Revit. You, you know, preach BIM consistently. Um, and talking about BIM data and sharing data and all that sort of stuff. If if there's somebody that's just starting to get into it, say um, a structural, you know, a self-performing GC who does, you know, uh, structural rebar, maybe maybe concrete and all that concrete. sort of stuff. Yeah. What kind of data would you anticipate that they would put in a model? I mean, we think about you know counts and calcs and all that sort of sort of stuff. Uh, some analysis tools, but going along with it, you know, what where how would you Put that data in and how would you manage it, I guess, in a very vague way of me say, asking you questions about. <laughs> You're all good, dude. I mean, in that sense of a self-performing GC, I would want to know how many cubic yards of concrete I'm actually going out to pour, what I can pour first, where my penetration points are, you know, the rebar, if there's any post-tensioning cables, anything like that. Um, a lot of that data is very beneficial going in. Right. When let's say, I mean, if you got self-performing, a lot of times they'll go out, they'll do the measurements, everything like that. And and they'll they'll have their teams or their subcontractors that they'll hire in to come and essentially take the work. But there has to be also a bidding process during that. Right. And a lot of times what we want to think about is um, the data that you're presenting to the different subcontractors or whoever to be able to bid that project accordingly. And even then with with a self-performing. You know, they want to know what's there currently. So they're going to go out, they're going to take measurements, they're going to walk the site, anything that they can do to better the bid that they're going to present to that owner, right? Now, in, in this case, when we get into, you know, Revit, you got to look at, are they doing their own form work? If they're doing their own form work, what type of form, you know, where is it located? And not only this, but if, if you're using, let's say, preformed form work, okay? Um, or prefabricated form work. In this sense, you know, we use it on this job. Where else can we use it? How many of these panels do we need for this job? And also tracking, of course, while they're on that project before they get to move to the next one, right? Tracking their location and then seeing how many different jobs that we can use this specific set of form work on. You know, again, cubic yardage of concrete. We're looking for the length. We're looking for the height. And of course, what type of rebar that we're going to be putting in there, unless you're subcontracting that, but it's still at that point in time, you still want to be able to give them the tools to accurately bid and accurately take off for that project, right? Because the last thing so everything want is somebody- you're saying to me, everything you okay. say to me screams Revit. Like just make a 3D model and you know use something like BIM Squares tool or or maybe you make your own families, whatever, perform work. Um, but then you've got, you know, maybe, um, you know, a schedule or a spreadsheet or something that's external to the model where you're, you know, figuring Excuse out me. the specific formwork you're using to see if you can reuse it later on and you're, you're telling that somewhere else. Yeah, dude. Well, and I mean, it's, it's also, you know, a lot of times I, when I worked with a um, design build firm, a lot of times when we were sending things out to the field, they'd arrive in our warehouse first. Right. And we're kind of looking at what we have and then how we can send it out to this site when we can send it out. Because you're trying to plan for things getting there exactly as we need them or a little bit early. Right. 
And in this case, when you can really utilize that data, not just for you know the subcontractors or contractors that you're using, even your field personnel, but your warehouse, your, your warehouse team, you know, your accounting team can also utilize that information in terms of, you know, when they're shipping it from, you know, one project back to the warehouse and we're going to ship it out again. How much are we making off actually uh, making off having these forms and actually doing this work? Is it actually more you know, beneficial to us to go ahead and contract that out to someone? There's a lot of data and, and, and the ways that it can be used, I guess, is infinite in this case. But you really think about, you know, being able to not just design it, not just build it, but actually tracking it. And then again, helping others to visualize that data. I mean, that's all really key when you're looking at, you know, even even just a structural design and structural concrete or, you know, um, self-performing concrete. There's so many different ways that their entire team can utilize that data. Yeah, and then you've got to push it beyond, right? So maybe you're a self-performing GC, you're working with the architect, you've got an engineer on staff, you get the architectural model, you're looking at it, you apply all your, you know, connections you run it through robot you do analysis what have you figure out where you got to beef some stuff up and then what then it's got to go somewhere else for um you know connecting you know connections and all that stuff steel fabrication or or maybe it's uh uh you using the structural uh precast tools uh inside of revit um you know, to, to go down that rabbit hole, but then you, how do you share that data in the field? Well, then you leverage tools like ACC or Bluebeam or what have you so that you're sharing data and they can look at the, the parameter information, the attribute information for the Revit models and do all their calcs. They can get all that information. Um, but there's just like, we're, we're the, the thing that bugs me so much about, about this is we spend all this time entering data, whether we know it or not, like, Everything you do, you're entering data. Every every change you make, you're entering data. But we're not analyzing that data, and we're not using that data for our own benefit. What I found, like more often than not, is you know all these large companies out there, like they spend billions of dollars, uh, or at least hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, trying to figure out what they have or you know the data that they have. So they'll actually spend money for somebody to capture data for them. Um, you know, figure out how many, you know, what their inventory is, how many end caps they've got, you know, uh, all that, you know, what, what are their depreciating assets? Like all that sort of stuff. They yes. spend all this money counting and calculating and capturing this data, but we do it day in and day out. We capture data, but nobody's analyzing it. So I think, you know, we're coming to a point pretty soon where people, and it's already happening, but we're already, we're already at a point where people are wanting to do it. Bridge that talk- gap. Yeah, Ooh, take a drink. Take, take that, that shot, man. <laughs> <laughs> but we're already at that point where people are wanting to talk about it and actually, you know, like, hey, what's the next step in all this and tying it all together? And we're getting to connected construction and connected BIM and all these, you know, buzzwords out there. But I think we really got to start analyzing that data. We really got to start looking at that data because we've been preaching 15 years now plus and, um, the most important thing about BIM is the information, but we get too hung up on the 3D aspect of it and not the not the data that's in there. So Johan's, you know, BIM is more than models is, man, he's trying to beat people over the head with it. It's it's the truth, dude. It, there's so much data that's in your model that you don't know about that you can leverage. And it really takes somebody to, to kind of look at and go through. I was chatting with somebody about this the other day. 
they're actually going to go back and start looking at all their uh, old journal files to help look at training data and figure out where people get hung up or where program, pro, you know, all, where they're fighting the program the most, but all that stuff's in your program. So like there's data being captured on the data that you're entering um, so that we can analyze that data to figure out where, you know, people need help. It's just crazy stuff that's going on. Uh, the data is all there. Every movement you make, every time you log in, every time you uh, look at a file, all that information is captured it's just, you know, what can we do with it? How can we analyze it? How can we make this meaningful for somebody else? And, and uh, I, you know, I came from, again, on the GIS side, but after that, I had a, a master's degree and, and uh, was an MBA, but specifically managing information systems and uh, process improvement, six, six Sigma methodologies, that sort of stuff. But one of the big things out of uh, the information classes I took was like, yeah, there's all this, you know, real-time data capturing or near real-time data capturing, but there's not near real-time data or real-time data analysis. And that's the big thing we got to get to is, you know, we want to give people the most accurate and up-to-date information so that they can make the best decision possible, not only for, you know, that project, but for our company as a whole. Uh, and in order to do that, you know, it's going to take some setups, take some analysis to figure out what our KPIs or key performance indicators are, or key metrics to figure that out, what should be measured, what should be analyzed so that we can improve, so that we can say uh, we are the best or, or, or you know, we've, we've cut our costs or, or what have you. Anyways, man, um, I know we're about to jump out the door and go trick-or-treating. I just wanted to dive into the great world of data and analytics and all the crap that runs through my head nonstop. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's a great topic, honestly. I mean, we could honestly it's a scary we could, topic, we, could go for, we could go on and on. I mean, it is a scary topic, but at the same time, I feel like it's one of those uh, you know, the, like the song that never ends. It's kind of one of those conversations that never I, ends, you know, cuz we could beat it and beat it and beat it and just keep going and going because there's so many ways that this data can be used each way of of, you know, an owner or subcon whatever it, stakeholder in that project, whether it's construction or design. Yeah, and maybe maybe this is probably a, a well. Before I get off on that tangent, I gotta say I just taught my daughter uh, that this is a song that never ends. Song from Lamb Chops uh, like two days ago. I <laughs> think nice. very relevant on that. Um, but but also what I was gonna say is you know maybe this is you know a, a, an open question that we leave out there is like, hey guys, and this is probably gonna something we're gonna address in our our construction talk at the beginning of the year where we map the processes, but. Maybe if you are interested, you know, tell us your field, reach out to us, you know, what, ask us what KPIs you should be tracking, you know, shoot it to us. Or, or if you know what KPIs work best for you, let us know. We, we're, we're eager to know. I mean, uh, we won't share your company's secret sauce or anything like that. Just curious on, you know, what data you're looking at, uh, what's meaningful to you. Or on the flip side of that, if you want to know what's meaningful, you know, we'll give you our two cents. Uh, Dave and I don't know all the answers. Uh, we don't even know uh, 1% of all the answers. So, but uh, we're two guys out here drinking beer and talking about it on a podcast. So uh, um, we're happy to, you That's know, it, man. yeah, we're happy to connect oh, we just want to have a conversation about it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Hey yeah, everybody. So go ahead, man. Oh no, I was going to say, we're happy to, you know, help anyone any way that we can for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, and you know we're we're not, you know, going to try and set anybody up for failure. We believe that the only way we're ever going to grow as an industry is if we're all growing. And you know, we got a lot of 
We got a lot of pitfalls to overcome. We were the laggards in technology adoption, you know, construction was. But also on that same note, we, um, you know, we have a lot of data capture. We, you know, employ 24, 25% of the workforce. We account for so much waste. We account for, um, you know, a lot, a, a lot of the costs and, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? GDP. That's where we account for all that sort of stuff. We, we, we have a big hand in all that sort of stuff. Um, and there's a lot of data that goes into that, whether, you know, it's for construction, demolition, whether it's analyzing for improvements in the future, whether that's keeping, you know, analyzing to keep up with aging infrastructure or, or the growth in uh, uh, population, all that sort of stuff. Like there's data there. We're doing the job. Let's, you know, figure out how we can get better at it. But that said, man, I just want to say thank you for, uh, uh, you know, joining me on this. I know we kind of winged it because we just wanted to talk about data and I had a specific topic in mind. So I appreciate you joining me with it. And uh, to all of our fans course, out there, yeah, well, you know, th- thank you for, uh, you know, tuning in and hopefully we get a few more episodes, um, you know, with some consistency before the end of the year, guys. Yeah. Yeah. And happy Halloween, everyone. Thanks again for listening. Happy Halloween. I'm going trick-or-treating right now. Take it easy, guys. Uh.